episode of the Into the Night Minute. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1985 John Landis-directed comedy Into the Night, one minute of screen time per episode. Today's episode, hosted by myself, Rudy Thornburg, and Christopher Frayn. Hey, Chris, what's up? I'm trying to think of a 1985 song lyric, and I can't The heat it. is on. Nice. Yeah. That was like uh, a pop uh, yeah, a song on the charts at that time that my father really enjoyed. Yeah. I he, mean, that is the Eagles were dad rock. Dad rock. Yeah. And then you've got the mid 80s. My dad was I, mean, I don't, he he did not like Glenn Fry or the Eagles or anything like that. But he would definitely have been on the, uh, you know, Patty, La- Patty LaBelle and um, uh, who were the, the Pointer Sisters. So Pointer yeah. Sisters, New Shoes, you know, mm-hmm. boop, boop, boop. Well, I can't, we're going to have to pay for royalties. If I the whole <laughs> thing. That, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, that's certainly dad appropriate music anyway. So uh, we normally do a podcast called open the podcast Doris Hal, and uh, that details uh, Stanley Kubrick's 1968 science fiction masterpiece, 2001, a space odyssey. Mm-hmm. So we're taking a break from watching that to watch uh, Jeff Goldblum, Michelle Pfeiffer in a cavalcade of cameos of people who are used to being on the other side of the camera mm-hmm. um remember, some uh, of which are in our minute here this is minute 34 yep uh, that's what we'll be covering in this episode of the podcast you were about to ask something and i cut you off yeah but i want to wait to get to it okay. i won't forget don't worry fair enough um so they they're driving away they have made their escape yeah as steve from- mcqueen would say the great escape he would say that. Yeah, he would say that. As as he as he was driving off on the motorcycle, he was he known said, for shoehorning uh, titles of films and that he'd been in into conversation. He looked dead into the camera and he said, yeah. "Indeed, this is a great escape." Yeah, yeah. Um, he'd walk up to uh, crime scenes and you know nudge the cop and be like, "Hey, it looks like he got hit by a bullet." Oh, yeah. This car drives like a bullet. A bullet. Yeah. So they've made their escape. Goldblum's gambit has paid off. <laughs> By that, I mean yeah. the staring dead eyed at John. Hiding Landis in plain sight and honking the horn like, please. If I were car. trying to hide from you, I wouldn't be doing this, would I? Right. Crazy yeah. like a fox. Yeah. Which is something that, you know, a lot of Jeff Goldblum characters uh, do to win the day. Yeah. They, they, they zag when you think they would zig. <laughs> uh, so they're driving down Hollywood Boulevard, Sunset Boulevard. They're um, on Hollywood Boulevard. I initially wrote, mm-hmm. they must be on Sunset Hollywood. Boulevard. Yeah. But then they pull up in front of Fredericks of Hollywood. Right. Turns out that's an actual place. So who went on the internet and looked up not only where there's a physical Fredericks of mm-hmm. Hollywood, but also, more importantly... Magic, what is it? Hollywood Magic yeah. Inc. Yeah, I saw that and I was like, oh, is that the Magic Castle or is that like a, a, the it's store not the Magic Castle. from like Pee Wee's Big Adventure where they go in to buy the magic supplies? And it might be that. Mm-hmm. Um, someone should maybe do a Movies by Minute podcast regarding 
Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yes. I'm just putting that out there. And it's going to be you. Yeah, probably all of it. Yeah, will be. Um, no, but I looked up where Magic, Hollywood Magic Inc. is, mm-hmm. and it is at sixty six one four Hollywood Boulevard. Nice. So that's why I knew this was Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah. So uh, they pull up, and I guess they're regrouping. Like they feel like they've escaped. Well, I don't. First of all, I want to point out before before we go any further. There is no one else on the road. Right. This is sort of like uh, sidewalks, however, packed, bustling. Yeah, at three in the morning. Yes, I guarantee you, unless it's Christmas Eve, and even then, I don't know. I guarantee you, the Hollywood Boulevard will not be this deserted at any point in in the night. The Rudy and me makes me want to argue, well, it's 85 and it was different. And there were Hollywood fewer people was, back then. Not only were there fewer people, but Hollywood was kind of like a trashier place. It wasn't yeah. like yeah. Uh, full of businesses. It was more full of like, you know, your oh, we could have secondhand shops here because the rent's not very high and it's really dirty. And it's there's all kinds of homeless people here that Hollywood was a little bit more like that back then. And maybe people wouldn't want to be hanging out there at three in the morning. And I'm going to keep saying three in the morning until the you know sun right. rises. We, in we, this movie. Do we have any evidence no. about what time it is? No, no, we have no idea what time it is. Um, but the sidewalk is full of prostitutes and drug dealers. Mm-hmm. Right? right. So there's there's some action. And I, I think once they pull up to the curb, I think they have, you know, eight seconds before they're propositioned twice. Right. Yeah. And my question for you is, why does Michelle Pfeiffer snap at the prostitute who says, hey, do you guys want to party? I know. What are you insane <laughs> insinuating that me pulling up in this convertible to the prostitute and drug dealer hotspot at three in the morning is it's a, first of all it is an odd choice for jeff goldblum to to pull up to yeah. that spot and i think this is just an if, 80s movie trope that people have to have right there. like this happens in shotgun this exact scene happens in shotgun <laughs> and I, I think um you know i'm trying to apply real logic to this and going I might not pull over at the place where the prostitutes and all that are, are to, to regroup and maybe we all say, regroup differently, Chris. Cause I think he's intending at this moment to let her, to get out of the car yeah. and let her continue on. That would make sense in the King lives and he'll just call a cab and he's done. Like a cab? Made, there are no cabs in, in LA. Um, but then I also realized it's probably just John Landis going, you know, it'd be funny is if there's a scene that takes place in front of the magic shop that is kind of funny and quirky. That's right next to a Fredericks of Hollywood, which is kind of on a, on the nose. If you're a prostitute also to like tricks to hang out right in front of the laundry shop. It's weird. Yeah. And like the cops should just roll the, just be constantly just rolling up to it. And yeah, it, it's strange. Yep. But again, I'm trying to apply real logic to this. Uh, maybe thing the, that can't all these be questions will be answered in the next minute. Yeah. Uh, so you asked about uh, Diana snapping at this. Yeah. This why is she proposition. snapping at her? Well, I have one reason why. Go. Because the prostitute is played by Dee Dee Pfeiffer. What? 
So this is Michelle Pfeiffer's younger sister. Would you like to know some credits of Dee Dee Pfeiffer? No. <laughs> well, too bad. So she did mostly uh, TV work. Uh, she was a regular on the show Sybil from the late 90s. I believe that was a Sybil Shepherd vehicle. I'll take your word for and it. And then uh, was as far as movies, she was in Falling Down, Moving Violations. Do you remember that? I, yeah, I saw that movie. And then, this is going to blow your mind, she was in the movie Drive from 1991. So not, not the current. Uh, what, the, what's the that? Time. I don't know. Hmm. Drive. But, but not the one with... Uh, the guy with the cobra jacket, whatever. Uh, uh, earlier version. The goose. Yeah. What's his name? Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Yeah, it's a great movie. Um, Bruce Dern. Speaking of the eighties, Ryan O'Neill, The Driver, nineteen seventy four. Yeah. Also a, a very good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, my sense is that Drive is an updated higher quality remake of Ryan O'Neill in the driver. 1991 or 2014? 2014. Or whatever it was. Yeah, whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. I think that that was a remake of the uh, Bruce Stern movie. Okay. Which again, I will, I will highly recommend it. It suffers from many of the flaws of my favorite 70s films. That's like peak Ryan O'Neill and peak Bruce Stern yeah. territory. I'm yeah. telling you. I really, really like that movie. And it is very much... Never mind. If you like Drive yeah. with... Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Is that really his name? Yeah. Okay. It it seems weird to say it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I got every, it doesn't matter. But yeah, go watch The Driver with Ryan O'Neill. And Steve Duckling. Right. The goose. Yeah. Uh, That thing in there. That's not the goose. And she was also on an episode of Seinfeld, apparently. All right. So what were we asking? Why is she so upset? Why is she snapping at the prostitute? Just so we notice her. It is strange that all this is happening so suddenly i think that's funny in movies when like within seconds of being in a bad area something bad happens to you yeah. like goldblum right before that had happened uh he had tried to yeah he tried to bail out of this adventure he said this is just too strange for me so he he Every time, every time he thinks he's out, they keep pulling him back in. Yeah. Um, no, he, he is the reluctant, the most reluctant of reluctant heroes. But at the same time, I don't blame him. Uh, he didn't sign up for this. Nope. He, he just tried to help her get it, away from the bad guys. When in they, the when they lot. were actively like shooting yeah. and things like that. Uh, he, he's got more than any bargain for. The reality is he doesn't have anything to go home to. And that's the only explanation we have for why he's inexplicably repeatedly drawn back into this narcissist's journey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Joseph Campbell's the narcissist, narcissist the narcissist wears a thousand faces. <laughs> uh, and then after that encounter ends suddenly, I think, Oh, we, we skipped over. Let, let's go back a little what bit. What did we skip over? We skipped over some very important exposition dialogue or mm-hmm. monologue, actually. That's a dialogue uh, where he's asking, I believe he finally asked her, like, so what's this all about? 
And Diana responds, the stones, the stone. No, she doesn't call them the stones <laughs> yeah. yet, but she does. She says, uh, I was in Europe and I, where's that? I brought some Is that near France. <laughs> I brought something over. So she won't mention what it yeah, is. I've got something. It's worth a lot it's of money. It's worth a lot of money. And he goes, drugs, drugs, which is now going to be. If someone's being vague at all drugs. about what they're talking about, so I'm just going to go drugs. Yeah. He's kind of snappy at that moment. Too. Well, well he hasn't, had, he hasn't slept in days. <laughs> drugs. He's asking, he's like, if I'm going to listen to the rest of the story, I'm going to need some drugs. And that explains why they pull up in front of Fredericks of Hollywood. Yes. So she's, so we're finally getting, I mean, I had some sense that there was smuggling involved because, uh, when they were in the, the airport garage, but here it's being made more clear that it's not drugs and it's something valuable that she has that other people want to get. Um, this is a classic MacGuffin story. This is the Maltese Falcon. Um, this is also a combination of that with the that we, we were trying to come up with a word for this and I don't know what it is, but it's the format of a movie where you're thrust into the action, but you don't but and 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 it's all questions about what's happening as as the viewer, you're like, okay, all these things are interrelated, but you don't really know who is causing things to happen or, or what is the thing that's being fought over or why this person did this or whatever. All those, the, the point of the movie is for you to find out about that. The characters or some of the characters know, but you don't as the, as the viewer. And then you have a viewer surrogate in the movie and that's Jeff Goldblum. And so you're learning these things along with them as it's all coming together. When done really well, it's it's kind of interesting. When done in a sort of deconstructed way like Pulp Fiction, mm-hmm. where you're also playing with the timeline of yep. it, it's, it can be really confusing and really fun, too. This is like the noir take yeah, it's a on noir. a manic pixie yeah. girl, you know, where it, you're, it you're along for too. the ride. But instead of her being charismatic and crazy and, and enlivening you, which I think they try to do a little bit of in this film, but they don't really achieve it because we're meant to have this. We're meant to, like, pick up on the tragic nature of this character about how she's kind of flashy and pretty, but um, she has no life of her own. She's right. completely dependent. She's dependent. Yeah, yes. exactly. And that's why she can't stand to be alone. Yeah, because she knows she this. cannot take care of herself or she has never learned to be able to take take care of things on her own. It's always, somebody's got to help me with this. Somebody's got to do this. I know this guy who can do this. Yeah, it makes it hard to root for her yeah. in a weird way. Yeah, um, in a normal way. In a normal way. And uh, yeah, it's, it's sort of manic pixie femme fatale. Yeah. Yeah. Morose. So there's, it's this movie's definitely borrowing from other films in terms of structure and plot device and things like that. Uh, and then they are immediately approached by a drug dealer that I wrote looks exactly like Bruce Foxton, the bass player from the post-punk band The Jam. Yeah. So Should I, we call him Power Pop? What Or Pub Rock? Were they Pub Rock? No. No. 
I, I think they're post pop, but they've got that northern soul uh, revival thing in their music too. Um, if you don't know who I'm talking about, go on YouTube and look up the video for the song uh, "A Town Called Malice" by the Jam, and you will see exactly who I'm talking about. Look, and he's even wearing the same outfit as uh, the the drug dealer yeah. and the bass player. Yeah, which sometimes are the same people. Yeah. Um, Mod revival punk rock band. Mod They're, revival. Yeah. All right. Seventies and early eighties. Yeah, I don't know. They're they're kind of you know pop punk new wave. I don't know. I don't think they're new wave. There are never any synth. You're right, but they've got skinny ties. Come on. But skinny ties equals new wave or power pop. Anyways, I'm just you, saying they don't sound like Wire. They don't sound like. They wire. don't sound like Gang of Four. No. They don't sound like Public There's, Image Limited. No. They're more high energy and. F- upbeat they're playful yes whereas when i think post-punk but I think really of loud one of england's loudest bands <laughs> <laughs> don't look for it it's not there anymore uh so did you know who this was when you watched it he, i didn't it clearly works at a hotel or a restaurant yeah that's what i thought yeah the bus boy who's also the drug dealer yeah no this is uh rick baker this is a cameo by rick baker now, now, is he from I, Doctor Who or the Young no, Ones? Oh, geez. Yeah. So 75% of the audience of this podcast just went, oh, yeah, Rick Baker. Some of, maybe 50% recognized him anyways. Uh, but there's another 25% who are like, who is Rick Baker? Rick Baker was a, or is, still working, still with us, uh, a famous, uh, especially makeup-based visual effects guy i bet what's his name baker from doctor who wore a net tie you're thinking of the guy with the scarf yeah yeah that's the british version of a net tie yeah uh seven time oscar winner for his effects work in this movie for this movie (laughs) he He is uh actually known for his collaborations with john landis in the early 80s in particular I think he was <laughs> uh, most notably for American Werewolf in London, which at the time I remember hearing about, I mean, I wasn't allowed to watch it, but when I did watch it, but I remember hearing like how like, whoa, the, the, the wolf, transformation the wolf scene. transformations are really like next level. Yeah. Um, I mean, it really reminded me of what it really looks like when a man transforms <laughs> yeah. into a wolf. <laughs> Uh, he also did the makeup effects on Thriller, the Thriller video, which yep. was directed by John Landis, and Coming to America. Not that there were any wolf transformations in that movie. That was um, Vampire in Brooklyn. Eddie Murphy? Yeah. Yeah. That guy. Yeah, That's- they were there, and he was like, Eddie, we got to do a vampire movie together. He also worked on, and okay, by the way. These notes from Rick Baker's IMDb, these are the ones that struck me as purely personally funny because otherwise we're talking about like 250 credits and I don't want to read them all. That's how much it costs to make a phone call on Total Recall. 250 credits? Yeah. Okay. So here we go. Nutty Professor 2, The Clumps. I just call back to a previous episode. Wolf. With Michelle Pfeiffer. Wolf, American Where in <laughs> London. Captain EO, 
featuring Doug, Doug Benson. <laughs> and then a trio of films that were featured on Mystery Science Theater 3000. Really? Yes. Incredible Melting Man. Squirm. Squirm's a good movie. Now you the worm face. And Track of the, the Moon, Moon Beast. Beast. Wow. Set that here is in beautiful, snowy Albuquerque, Albuquerque, New Mexico. That's awesome. So that's the Rick Baker story. Look, New Wave Power Pop. That's what it says right there <laughs> on the Jam's Wikipedia. I, I believe you. They're wrong, but I believe you. You think they're post-punk? I, I think they're post-punk. With combined with nor- chronologically combined, sure but combined with northern soul Anyways, you're thinking of the commitments you're thinking of rick baker the guy from the who or doctor who wow this podcast has gone completely off the rails but speaking of rails there's a drug dealer in this scene right and that's where we end. I, I believe we're, that's where we that end. That is the it. end of the minute. Yeah. He offers him a variety of drugs. He's in the middle of, of going through his menu. Yes. And Jeff I, Goldblum I, is like, no, no. And then he's kind of like putting he his head his down. He puts his hand up yeah. and head down. Yeah. Um, I believe he offers him grass, quaaludes, coke. And yeah. Does he start with quaaludes? Quaaludes is, is in there pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, I didn't, I wouldn't start with Quaaludes. <laughs> I also have no idea what I'm talking about, by the way. Officially, I can either confirm nor yeah. deny. So I think that about wraps it up for minute 34 and what happens here. So uh, a, a pause where we, Goldblum's character yet again, unsuccessfully gets out of the adventure that's calling to him. Any final thoughts on the minute? Um, do I have any final thoughts? I think I would have liked the movie more had they bought the drugs. All right. They would have turned into like um, Fear and Loathing. I mean... They have the convertible. Why not? Yeah. You know, once you get locked into a serious drug collection. Uh, you know, personally, I kind of feel like um, that, that would have added some, I don't know, excitement into the film. Yeah. Um, he's, he's, uh, he's not accepting the call to adventure or to drugs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a very good way of putting it. Yep. Yep. Right. No, that's my final thought really. Okay. So you can find the into the night podcast on iTunes and or Google play or at the main site for the podcast nightminute.com. If you'd like to join the listeners group on Facebook for Into the Night Minute, you can go to The King Lives Listener's Limo, and that's on Facebook. And if you want to follow this podcast on Twitter, it is at Night Minute. If you want to follow the podcast Rudy and I do, mm-hmm. that's at 2001 Podcast on Twitter. Uh, we also have an Instagram page for our podcast which is Open the Podcast Doors How. And there's a Facebook group for it called Space Station 5. And that's on Facebook. I think that's about it for the plugs. And I think that's about it for episode 34. Yeah. So on behalf of Rudy, I say, yeah, you can join me too. See you (laughs) next next Wednesday. Wednesday. (laughs) Thank you.
we thank you or what? I'd say I fall in the or what category. 